The estate planning team is an Ohio registered investment advisor. The following is for informational purposes only and does not intend to make an offer or solicitation for the sale or purchase of any securities or financial products. Be sure to consult with a qualified financial advice and or tax professional before implementing any strategy discussed herein. You have financial goals and dreams. We can help you achieve them. Welcome to Financial Food for Thought, the show that answers all the questions on how to maximize your lifestyle and preserve your wealth. I'm sorry, so sorry. Good morning, everyone. You found Financial Food for Thought. My name is Mark Donnelly, and Carrie has the weekend off, so I'm flying solo today. And maybe we have some out-of-town listeners this morning. Welcome if you came in for the NFL draft. Uh, Unfortunately, the weather didn't quite hold up. Now, uh, again, this show is being taped on Friday morning in the middle of a downpour, but... So far, the festivities seem to come off okay. On the first night, the rain's kind of let up enough, so I don't think it ruined everything. But uh, so, a lot of a lot of financial news this week. But of course, I think we have to start off with the president of the United States. It won't just it won't just help people on Medicare. Low prescription drug costs for everyone, and the money we save, which is billions of dollars can go to strengthen the Affordable Care Act and expand Medicare coverage benefits without costing taxpayers an additional penny. It's within our Hmm. power to do it. Let's do it now. I always get concerned when, you know, what the real cost of free health care is. We've talked about it long enough. Democrats and Republicans, let's get it done this year. Hmm. This is all about a simple premise. Yeah, they want to get it done before the 22 midterm elections, right? You know, in other words, we'll see, you know, we don't know how much they can get done with the under the budget reconciliation if they don't throw out the filibuster in the Senate. Um, But I do think they feel that they are running out of time. Should be a right, not a privilege in America. So, how do we pay for my jobs and family? That's what we want to hear. I made it clear we can do it without increasing the deficit. Let's Mm. start with what I will not do. I will not impose any tax increase on people making less than $400,000. So there's his pledge. But it's time for corporate America. Mm. And the wealthiest 1% of Americans have just begun to pay their fair share. Just a fair share. So what is the fair share? So as you know, on this radio show, I often give the estate planning team axioms, right? (laughs) Or tax axioms. And I've always said on this show is that the only fair tax for all would be no tax at all. Because as soon as you implement a tax, somebody will complain that it's not fair to me. In other words, if my neighbor is affected by that tax or my neighbor is not affected by that tax, it's not fair. So I don't think there'll ever be a fair tax in all the uh, you know people in America's eyes. But I do think the Democrats have got their finger on the pulse of America that says most Americans would, on a a polling situation, would still say, yeah, I'd rather have them tax the one percenters and the big bad corporations than tax me. Now, we've also said on this show, when you hear the politicians talking about middle class tax breaks or not raising the tax on the middle class. Now, again, President Biden has has gone much, much further out on the limb and said that no one making 
under $400,000 a year would see any income tax increases. Now, there's a lot of debate about that, but that's what he's still you know, trying to adhere to. So the question is, should you be concerned about a Democratic progressive tax agenda being pushed forward? Um, and, you know, does that change your financial plan? So that's what we talk about on this show. You know, this is Financial Food for Thought. Um, it's brought to you by the estate planning team. The estate planning team has been helping Cleveland families build custom financial plans for over 35 years. And we do it one plan, one family at a time. Um, I know, And over those decades, we have certainly heard a lot or, you know, been promised or been said that this is what the our politicians are going to do to save the America's middle class, to, you know, to try to, you know, narrow this wealth gap that nobody can argue that it's not out there, you know, over the last 40 years. I mean, we are going to a two class society and but but the, the 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 strange thing is both the Democrats and the Republicans each think they have the solution to saving the the middle class. Um and they're you know, but they there's not a lot of bipartisan effort being done which is kind of you know giving us gridlock and we and with nothing else that or actually on top of everything else that the you know rona has destroyed um you know in in this country is it's it's further widened this equity gap you know we we had you know you know what we all now call the k-shaped recovery Right. Where, you know, it was, you know, a lot of people, you know, looking in the rearview mirror right now were not really financially devastated by the Rona recession. Um, now, health health issues is a whole different subject matter. You know, we always said from the beginning, the coronavirus or the Rona, um, it was not only the health risk, which always obviously comes first, but it was also the financial risk. Right. And so but. As much as a lot of this country did very, very well in that, you know, K-shaped recovery. And, and heck, let's not even call it a K-shaped recovery more. Let's call it the beach ball boom recovery. You know, you know, you know, you, you've all done that before where you have an inflatable ball or a beach ball and you hold it under the water when you're in the swimming pool or in the lake or whatever. And, you know, you feel that pressure of the ball trying to, you know, shoot up like a like a rocket. Um, but, you know, it doesn't do that until you release it. And then every without any pressure on it, then boom, it comes out of the water up into the air real, real quick. That is the type of recovery that we're seeing, you know, and, and that's why, again, um, you know, you know, the beach ball boom recovery. Um, President Biden talked about that in his, you know, uh, you know, joint session of Congress. They don't, you know, again, a lot of people are getting weird about that and saying, well, is it a state of the union or not state of the union? No, it's just a protocol is when a president is in his first term, they often don't refer it refer it to uh, refer it to a state of the union address. They save that for after he's been office for a year. And so the first one, they just say it's a joint session in front of Congress, but it's the same thing, basically. Um, so, um, like I said, you've got Mark Donnelly carries off this weekend, and this is Financial Food for Thought. And if you um, want to get a hold of us, um, what for? You know, we offer a free consultation, and we can do those by phone or in person. It's really what you're comfortable with. Um, you can also, you know, if you want a free consultation, all you need to do is call our home office number. That's 440-239-2090. That's 440-239-2090. And just leave it. You can call over the weekend. Just leave a message and Carrie will get a hold of you on Monday morning. Um, you can also visit our website. And our website for the show and, and our company is simply financialfoodforthought.com. It's the name of our radio show. Just one string, financialfoodforthought.com. And you can look at all the stuff we got out there. We've got calculators out there. We've got, um, you can also connect right from there to our podcast. 
So if you if you are visiting in town this weekend and you and you're catching this show and you say, hey, I'd like to hear more, you can always from anywhere you are in the world, you could go on the internet and you could link into our website, financialfoodforthought.com. You could link to our podcast, and we have a good backlog of these shows podcast. Um, also, um, if you'd like to get on our newsletter list, okay, Carrie does a great job with that. Um, you know, it, it, it's got, a, and she blasts them out when things change. <laughs> okay. So it's not necessarily, uh, it, it's not going to be daily. Don't worry. You're going to be inundated with them. Um, but any, and again, you can get those electronically or you can get them through the snail mail if you're more comfortable with that. Um, but as big financial news happens, um, and that's what, it, you know, may be happening over the next, you know, 12 to 18 months. Right. Um, With the blue, you know, the blue wave, you know, the new administration, you know, you got to keep your eyes and ears open. And and certainly we are doing that. And so if we do, you know, if we do see enacted tax law, you know, things that are actually going to, you know, come into fruition, um, fruition, you know, carry blast something out to get to give everybody a heads up. So you can always get on our newsletter list. And again, you can go, you can sign up for that on the website or you can just simply call our home office 440 Two three nine twenty ninety, and get on our list that way. So, you know, I'm not going to get through, you know, President Biden's wish list of all the, uh, you know, progressive tax ideas. You know, I mean, again, I've talked to him about it on this show. Well, we will be talking about them. We certainly will be talking about if they become law. Um, you know, and again, so, you know, you've heard his pledge over and over again, no one making, uh, you know, under $400,000 is going to see a penny increase in income taxes. But then you've also heard about the, you know, other horror stories, you know, the elimination of the step up in basis or the, you know, the federal state tax exemption rollback or the, you know, capital gains tax increase or, you know, and, and Biden has pretty much said he's not interested in, you know, um, you know, Pocahontas's, you know, wealth tax, you know, he, he, he's, he's, you know, he's sidebarring that one for the time being, um, which again, that one, we always said right from the beginning, um, you know, that, that would have been a very difficult one because I think that's a, you know, a constitutional, um, you know, argument there. Um, so, um, so barring those things, you know, you know, so, you know, the idea is, You've got to get your financial plan in order. In other words, if we do see these tax laws changing. And what I mean by that is, you know, first of all, do you need to be worried, you know, about these, you know, progressive tax agenda proposals? Or are they not going to affect you? Okay, now, you know, so don't ask your neighbor you know, if if the uh, raising of the highest, you know, the capital gains tax, if that affects them, it, it might not, it may or may not, but it doesn't mean it affects you. So you have to kind of, you know, sharpen your own elbows. And also, you know, a lot of these um, really would really, they're, a, they're really death taxes. <laughs> they're not really while you're living. Um, now, obviously, yeah, if you sell the capital assets while you're living, Okay, that could, um, you, you know, that could do that. But again, remember, there was a, you know, there was going to be a pretty big exemption, you know, a million dollars of exemption, you know, and so it, I, I think it would still be a rare case for a lot of our listeners if in any one year they had over a million dollars of income, you know, which, which obviously some of that would have been the capital gains. That's not going to be a like a normal thing. Now, if it is for you, then yeah, you've got to change your financial plan. Now, what it could come into play is if once in your lifetime or maybe a couple times in your lifetime, you're actually selling a business, you know, that you had a big capital appreciating um, value to it and you're selling it. And, and that could be that double whammy where, you're, you know, you're selling your business, you know, to get your walk away. So we sometimes we call that when you retire, you know, that's the American dream, you know, own your own business, sell it when you retire and then, you, you know, live forever you know, in the sunset, right? The sunglasses on, right? But that could come into play because, you know, if you were selling a big business, meaning, you know, you're going to have capital gains in that one year that's going to take you over the million dollar threshold, then yeah, that is going to hurt. But again, none of those things I just mentioned are enacted tax law, right? So, you know, we'll wait and see. 
um, like I said, and, you know, keep, you know, we'll certainly be, you know, cluing everybody in on this radio show. Or if you're saying, hey, I would like to, you know, start building my financial plan because I want to be in a position where I don't want to make a knee jerk reaction. You know, if I need to adjust my financial plan and that mean may maybe retiring earlier or working longer or spending more money or giving more money away or trying to, you know, implement uh, attacks, you know, uh, strategies that help reduce the exposure if any of these progressive tax ideas go forward. Now, I will say one more thing that what came out of President Biden's wish list, so to speak, and what they're releasing and what, you know, from the White House is the idea that, you know, maybe they can raise more tax revenues without having to change existing tax laws, you know, because they don't have enough votes if the Republicans don't get along, go along with the tax increases. Now, you say, how are they going to do that? Well, there was a lot of talk recently about closing the corporate loopholes. Now, a loophole is not against the law. It's, it's the idea that in a very complicated tax code, the Wall Street tax attorneys have found ways, you know, in, in those, you know, thousands of pages of internal revenue code that the corporations take advantage. And so do individuals. You know, there, there's tax loopholes for everyone. But I think it's the corporate America. You know, you hear all the news where all these big corporations aren't paying any taxes, right? Um, and not that they're breaking the law. Well, also, we, we kind of heard about that about President Trump now, come to think of it. But the idea is not that they're breaking the law, they're doing anything illegal. They are taking advantage of a very complicated tax code. They're looking for opportunities in that complexity. And we try to do the same thing for our clients on an individual tax basis. Um, you know, and so now the problem with or not the problem, but sometimes the solution for the government for loopholes, if that loophole gets too big, meaning too many people are going through it or too many corporations are going through it, then they try to close the loophole. Right. Um, and so that's a process. So one of the things that but this goes even beyond that. So certainly you heard how um, President Biden uh, you know, wants to close some of these corporate loopholes. But even he goes even beyond that. He wants to stop the fraud. You know, the people that are not complying with the tax law or are not using, you know, uh, legal loopholes, so to speak. And of course he wants to increase the budget for the watchdog of all that, which of course we know as the IRS. So that is interesting because, you know, the, the, it's big dollars, you know, you know, it's, it's billions, it's, it's $700 billion. There's some estimates of lost revenue over the next 10 years. That's a lot of money, you know, and that's just people not following the rules. You know, they're fraud, basically. Um, now, so part of what he's asking for is $80 billion to beef up the Internal Revenue Service. OK. And, you know, the, you know, the, they talk about the Democrats talk about the gutting of the IRS has been part of the Republican agenda ever since the party agenda, you know, ever since the party took a majority in the House of Representatives in 1995. Okay, um, and you know the Republicans control the House again, beginning in 2011, and the IRS's funding was cut by 20 percent between 2010 and 2018. Okay, um, and more than a fifth of its staff was dissolved. And and again, you've heard me say many many times on this show. You know, I don't blame the IRS. They're just their job is to is to try to follow the tax laws that Congress passes. You know, the IRS doesn't make the tax law, um, you, you know, and, and I think they get a bad rap um, and they're just trying to do their job as well. And, 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 and when you when you slash a fifth of your staff, how, how do you think, you know, your <laughs> uh, feeling is going into work every day? Um, so, yeah, so we'll see. Um, you know, the amount of funding and staff allocated to tax enforcement activities has declined by 30% in that same decade. Uh, consequently, between 2010 and 2018, the share of individual income tax returns the IRS examined plummeted by 46%. 
and the share of corporate income tax returns it examined dropped by 37%. So obviously when when the corporations and individuals saw that, hey, the IRS wasn't auditing, guess what happens? You got it. Um, so, you know, will we see, um, a, a, you know, will they get, will they get the money to the IRS and will we see the IRS pick up on their auditing? And again, so, you know, you know the idea for you is, you know, you want to have a good coordination of, of advisors. We already talk, we always talk about that on this show, you know, between your attorneys, your uh, CPAs, your investment advisors, your insurance professionals, and your financial planners. You know, the state planning team, we don't manage, you know, client assets. In term, we're not investment advisors, you know, nor are we attorneys, um, nor do we prepare tax returns for our client. But we do, you know, coordinate all those advisors in a client's ongoing plan because we believe that a, a good coordination between independent advisors gets the best plan for the client, including uh, you know, if any one of those advisors comes out of, of a left field with a tax strategy, and believe me, there's been a lot of them that we've seen at the estate planning team over the 35 years we've been doing business. And, you know, and if it's bordering on, you know, the fraud or, you know, not, you know, following the law, you know, in a coordinated advisor effort, chances are the other professional advisors are going to say, hey, maybe we got to talk about about that a little bit more before you implement that. Um, And that protects, you know, you as well. Um, Now, other financial debt. All right. So. What happened this week? Okay, so the jobless claims came in at 553,000. There's a slight unfavorable previous week revision, but seems to be consistent now at the 500,000 level versus the 700,000 level, which we saw for a long, you know, recently, you know, after the the recovery had started. So, you know, that's much better. Um, We got the first reading on first quarter GDP. Now, again, there'll be a couple more revisions of this as time goes by, but how was the first, a lot of people were waiting for the first, you know, reading to see, you know, to see if this beach ball boom recovery is really happening. And and it was medium. Um, It came in at 6.4%, slightly missing, you know, a forecast of 6.7%, but certainly, you know, a a lot better, you know, going in the right direction. Um, And, and one of the, and, and the major component of the GDP, which was the, you know, the consumers, consumers count for, you know, close to, you know, about 68% of the GDP. Um, That was up in the first quarter, 10.7%. That was the revenge spending. That was the people got their uh, third round stimulus checks, you know, and, and, and they went out and spend it. Um, and, and that's, you know, driving this GDP. Um, so we'll see, um, and we'll play the earnings game here today as well. Um, we also had some fed speak this week, right? So federal chairman Jay Powell, um, you know, he kind of got lost in all the other news this week and certainly, you know, with Joe Biden's state of the union address, but he did, you know, they did, did have a, you know, and, and I do listen to what, you know, Federal Chair Powell says, I think he's one of the uh, voices you have to listen to. You know what they say, don't fight the Fed, right? Um, So what did he say? Well, the Fed upgraded its view on the economy and said inflation could rise, but it's still transitory or temporarily. In other words, so, you know, he's not changing his tune. Okay. Um, He went on to say, you know, the central bank was not close to discussing widening down its bond buying, which would be the first step towards ultimately, you know, raising interest rates. Okay. Um, Let's see uh, if I can find here uh, in a statement, the Fed chair acknowledged that the economy is improving and it expects a spurt of higher inflation, albeit temporary. So again, how many times can he tell us that? How how many times have I been telling you? Yes, you're going to see inflation this year. Yes, your gasoline, you already saw it. Yes, groceries, you already saw it. It's not done yet. It's inflation's going to go higher. It's still probably not over 2% yet. Maybe it is. You know, we'll we'll keep an eye on that, but don't be surprised if if it goes higher. 
The Fed won't be surprised. They're expecting it. All right. Um, they're planning for it. All right. Um, you know, uh, now a lot of people also say, you know, that they're comparing that to the, you know, the new, the new highs in the stock market and are saying, is this a bubble that's going to burst? A lot of people are thinking, is the housing a bubble that's going to burst? You know, any of these things could burst, um, you know, and is that going to, you know, puncture that beach ball and, and it's, everything's going to come back down, double dip recession or what have you. Well, Jay Powell, you know, went, you know, he did kind of admit, he said, you know, some of the asset prices are high. You know, you are seeing things in the capital markets that are a bit frothy. I love that term frothy. Not exactly sure how it, uh, how it relates to bubbles. Well, I guess you get the point a bit frothy. He said, that's a fact. Um, I, he says, I won't say it's, it has nothing to do with monetary policy, but it's also tremendous amounts to do with the vaccination and reopening of the economy. Okay. Um, and, you know, he goes on to say the economy is a long way from our goals and is likely to take some time for substantial further progress to be achieved. But he's never really defined what substantial further progress means, but he keeps using that terminology. Um, we expect to maintain an accommodative stance to monetary policy, read between the lines, not increase income tax, or not, excuse me, not increase interest rates um, until these employment and inflation outcomes are achieved. So, again, back to the dual mandate of the Fed. They want stable pricing and they want full employment. You know, that's, you know, that's their mantra. Um, with regards to interest rates, we continue to expect it will be appropriate to maintain the current zero to 25 basis points, you know, range for the federal funds. Again, they never said they're going negative interest rates like a lot of other countries globally. Um, the, you know, U.S. has not said they're going to do that. OK, um, so, you know, range for federal funds rate until labor market conditions have reached levels consistent with the committee's assessment of maximum employment and inflation has risen to two percent and is on track to moderately exceed two percent for some time. So they're purposely not defined maximum employment. We think it's somewhere between three to five percent um, as far as, um, you know, un, uh, you know, you know, unemployment, three to five percent. Um, you know, how, what, how far are they willing to let the, uh, inflation go above 2% moderately exceed it? Does that mean 25 basis points? Does that mean two and a half percent? Does it mean 3%? You know, we, you know, we, time will tell. So, um, so nothing, you know, so even though his, his speech was kind of lost in a very busy economic week, um, there really was nothing that he changed the tune on. They're staying pat. They're saying, okay, they're more concerned. They're, they're more concerned about getting the people back to work, you know, helping that lower end of the scale. Um, they know the upper scale is doing very, very good right now. Um, they, they, they want to get the lower people working. That's what all, you know, so that's why they wanted the stimulus, you know, the fiscal policy to work hand in hand with their monetary policy to try to get this beach ball economy booming. And then, you know, when, when they'll deal with it, you know, after that point. All right. And this is Financial Food Thought. And you're listening to Mark Donnelly. I'm president of the Estate Planning Team Incorporated. And Carrie's got the weekend off. Uh, she'll be back next week. So she's not here to play the earnings game with me today. Um, so speaking of the beach ball boom recovery, uh, how our corporate earnings. So, you know, we're in the first quarter earnings season. And I had mentioned, you know, on this show, you can always go back and listen to the podcast. You can get that at financialfoodforthought.com. That, uh, you know, we would be, you really want to be watching the corporate earnings reports this year, this year of recovery. Yes, we did have a recession last year. Um, and the idea is we always watch how the corporate earnings do in those years following a recession, right? Because although we expect volatility, you know, the roller coaster in the markets, ups and downs, what we want to keep an eye on is if the corporate earnings continue to beat expectations, then chances are Wall Street will hang in there. 
especially when you have the Federal Reserve saying they're going to keep interest rates low, which a lot of people think that alone is propping up the stock market because there's no good alternatives. And you got to be careful of what you're doing on the bonds. Now, again, we don't manage. I'm not here to tell you what stocks or bonds or mutual funds or ETFs buy. That's not what we do at the state planning team. But we do, you know, look at these economic factors. And, you know, so the earnings game is, you know, we had monster tech this week, right? So how did the monster tech do? Um, well, I'm sure you heard the good news. All right. Um, Let's talk about Alphabet, better known as Google, right? Okay. Um, earnings came in at $26.29 per share, beating Wall Street estimates of fifteen eighty two. They shattered it. Okay. Revenues at $55.31 billion, um, beating expectations of $51.7 billion. Okay. Uh, Google Cloud revenue, $4 billion. Um, you know, that's a, a crazy, um, YouTube ads, uh, you know, came in at 6.01 billion street was looking for a 5.7 billion. That's still a solid beat. Um, you know, they say that YouTube, YouTube became the winner of the pandemic in terms of social media sites. So, you know, they were happy about that. Um, so everything looks good there. Um, See what did the uh, even with the hybrid work environment, we will continue to need space. So we're continuing to build our out our campuses and office facilities. Okay, so they're you know they're they're you know doing well there, and they're continuing to you know invest in new you know plant equipment and all that good stuff. How about Microsoft? Okay, um, again Microsoft earnings came in a dollar point nine five per share. Okay, the street was looking for a dollar seventy-eight. Okay, revenues came in at forty-one point seventy-one billion. Uh, street was looking for forty-one point oh three billion. Uh, is that a is that a meat? Uh, you, you know, if Carrie was here, she'd say that's a beat. I may call that a meat. Um, but uh, what did uh, Microsoft uh, what did Microsoft have to say? Um, the company said it's Azure Public Cloud. You know, which can you know, competes with the market leader, you know, Amazon, you know, web services grew by 50% uh, faster than the 46% growth analysts expected. Okay, so that cloud is doing well. Um, more and more people, you know, is going out on the cloud. Um, they don't really, uh, they, Microsoft doesn't, does not disclose specific revenues that Azure, the cloud, you know, earns, but, you know, they say the, 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 the revenue grew by 50%. Um, let's see, Microsoft said in the quarter it had won a U.S. Army contract worth up to $21.9 billion over a decade, okay, for augmented reality headsets based on its latest HoloLens device, okay. Um, you know, but, you know, here's where Wall Street is a little picky. So even all that good news, yeah, maybe revenue slightly beat, but, you know, shares move 3% lower, in extended trading after the announcement. Okay. Um, now, notwithstanding the after hours move, Microsoft shares are up 18% year to date. Okay. Uh, compared to around 12% for the S&P 500. So you figure it out, right? Um, all right. How about Apple? Okay. Um, okay. Apple reports another blowout quarter with sales up 54%. <laughs> Authorizes 90 billion in share buybacks. They don't know what to do with their cash. Um, EPS came in at a dollar forty versus ninety nine cents estimated by Wall Street. Revenue came in at eighty nine point five eight billion uh, versus the seventy seven point three six billion estimated. Um, again, that fifty three point seven year over year increase. Wow. All right. Um, iPhone revenue way up. Okay. Um, uh, CEO Tim Cook said in a statement, this quarter reflects both the enduring ways our products have helped our users meet this moment in, in their own lives, as well as the optimism consumers seem to feel about better days ahead. The beach ball boom recovery is uh, alive and well at Apple. And Apple also, you know, did a little PR during the week, right? Um, so prior to the earnings release, they came out and said, hey, look at we're not the big bad corporations the Democrats keep, you know, talking about. We're doing our share. 
Um, you know, they they say they're they're gonna, you know, besides what they were planning on, you know, spending on investment, they're gonna increase it by an additional twenty percent, adding another twenty thousand new jobs. Okay, you heard President Biden in that State of Union, jobs, jobs, jobs. Apple saying we're doing jobs, jobs, jobs. Um, you need more companies like us. Um, okay, um, the company said that its investment now increased to four hundred and thirty billion. Comes as its, its contributions have significantly outpaced its original uh, commitment of three hundred fifty billion in new facilities and the creation of twenty thousand jobs. Okay, um, they go on to say we're creating jobs in cutting edge fields. You know, from five G to silicone engineering to artificial intelligence. You know, investing in the next generation of innovative new businesses and all our work building towards a greener and more equitable future. Okay, um, it, you know, and and they also went on to say, they pointed out that it's the largest taxpayer in the United States, paying more than forty five billion in domestic corporate income taxes in just the past five years. Okay, um, so again, they're kind of are they kind of saying to Congress or the Democrats specifically, hey, be careful what you wish for, because uh, we're we're steamrolling along. We're adding jobs. We're, we're paying taxes and you keep calling us the bad guys. All right. Um, so how about Facebook? CEO Mark Zuckerberg, right? Boom. All right. Earnings came in at $3.30 per share versus $2.37 forecast. Revenue came in at $26.17 billion, beating estimates of $23.67 billion. Solid beats there. Um, Zuckerberg says commerce has been growing in our services for a while, but has become a lot more important as the pandemic has accelerated a broader shift towards business moving online. Okay. Um, stock prices up more than 6% and after hours trading. Okay, now what everybody's waiting for, Amazon, right? So how did Amazon? Well, you got it. Earnings came in at $15.79 per share versus $9.54. That is a beat. From, you know, the street was expecting 9 bucks. They got 16 um, all right? Revenue came in at $108.52 billion. That's $108 billion per quarter, folks. Okay, um, versus you know 104.47 billion expected. Um, you, you know, uh, okay. What else? Um, you know, a few companies have benefited from the pandemic fueled surge of online shopping as much as Amazon. You know, um, its first quarter results showed the company's business continues to be buoyed by the pandemic, with sales soaring 44 percent year over year. Okay. Um, so Jeff Bezos, you know, he certainly knows what he's doing. Um, he also mentioned, too, about the Prime Video. And I, I mentioned because I'm a recent Prime Video watcher. I've had Prime, um, Amazon Prime for a while, but I never really got into video to the last year during the pandemic shutdown, right? And they do have a lot of good stuff on there. Um, so as Prime Video turns 10, I guess he's saying 10 years old, you know, over 175 million Prime members have streamed shows and movies in the past year. And streaming hours are up more than 70% year over year. So I guess I wasn't the only one tuning in during the shutdown to watch some Amazon Prime productions. Um, shares climb more than 3.5% in extended trading. Um, so, you know, and so Amazon, too is saying that they're, they're kind of sending a little notice because Amazon is often the company that the fingers pointed at that they don't pay any corporate income taxes, right? Um, but they are quick to say, hey, look, at, if we're really doing anything wrong, you let us know because they plan on, you know, um, hiking wages again. You know, they already, you know, they're, you know, they're going well beyond, you know, the Democrats $15 minimum per hour, they, you know, they're, they're you know, um, and, and they're and I think they're the second largest employer right now in the, in the U S um, behind, of course, Walmart, right. They have more than 800,000 um, employees nationwide. Um, so yeah, in, in 2018, Amazon raised its minimum wage to $15 an hour. Um, the company has thrown its weight behind the raise the wage act. Uh, a bill backed by President Joe Biden, um, and, and you know they're going to keep going on there. So um, there you have it. So so far so good. You know, so when we're in you know in this earning season, 
I, I still think the, it's about 80 to 85% of the companies who have reported have reported better than street estimates. So with all the economic news and the new Democratic blue wave going forward, the question keeps coming back to should you be concerned or not? Concerns may be the wrong word. Should you actually be changing your financial model, right, to address, you know, these changes that could occur so you get ahead of the ball game, so to speak? So you're not, you know, making a knee-jerk reaction if these things do become law or, or you know, because that's a lot of times what people do. You know, this, you know, we, like I said, we've been helping Cleveland families build custom financial plans for over 35 years. And one of the things we keep trying to, you know, get across is the fact that when you have a good financial model, and I get it, you know, all models are wrong, but some can be very useful. And the idea is if you've got a good model, you can monitor your progress, which is important, but also, as reality changes an assumption that you made, you know, you can adjust accordingly. Um, and if you would like to get a hold of us, if you need help with that, you know, you can call the estate planning team. Our number is 440-239-2090. That's 440-239-2090. We offer a free consultation, no obligation. Um, you know, we, 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 we're doing those by telephone. We're doing them in person. It's up to you. Um, you can just, you know, call and, and schedule that. You can also visit our website, financialfoodforthought.com. You can catch our podcast where we have a good backlog of these radio show programs that you can, you know, go back and listen to and get caught up. And then, you know, if you hear something that says, Hey, I want more information, certainly give us a call. We, we'd love to talk to you. So another thing, believe it or not, you know, we're now into May. Right? Where is the Rona year two going? It's going fast. So a lot of, you know, again, a lot of times we talk about the investment strategy, you know, sell in May and go away. Okay. And everybody has heard of that, of course. Well, maybe not everyone, but it's a very, it's one that's talked about all the time at this time of year. And the idea is, you know, should you just get, you know, sell, you know, the idea that the stock market historically, you know, does well in the months between November and April and historically does not do well in the months between May and October, the summer doldrums, you know, come into play there. Right. So the idea is, why don't you just follow that strategy? Um, you know, and you so you you sell in May. And go away, meaning you don't look at the stock, you know, you don't worry about things. And then back when you get to November, you know, put your money back in and, and capture the, you know, the Santa Claus rally that we historically have always seemed to have. So is that a good strategy? Well, there is no one strategy that works all the time, right? Obviously. Um, but, you know, does your investment advisor, you know, talk about that? Um you know, or, or, or not. Um, but the, if you look at, you know, if you look at historically now, this is, I don't know if it's up to date, this, you know, but, um, so it's the idea. So the idea is six months, you're in the market, six months, you're out of the market. Right. So if you look at, um, over a five year, and I don't think this includes the latest year. Um, so how, you know, in other words, you're in the market, you know, November to April, and you're out of the market from May to October, right? So let's look at the, how did the market do, you know, in each of those six months, uh, you know, historically, right? So let's do the May to October when you're supposedly, if you're following the strategy, you're not in the market, right? Okay, well, um, over five years, it's done 4.31%. Whereas if you were in the market for those six months, November to April, over five years, it's done 5.53%. Okay. So you would say, okay, yeah, it looks like November, April's beating May to October. How about 10 years? Okay, the gap widens. So the 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 May to October, when you don't want to be in the market, is done 3.86%. And then November to April, where you want to be in the market, is done 867 That's a solid beat, right? Um, how about 20 years? 
Okay, so the May to October, where under the strategy you're out of the market, it's done 0.55% under 1%. And if you were just in November to April over the 20 years, it would be annualized at 4.89%. Okay, how about 50 years? Okay, so over 50 years, the May to October under the strategy where you want to be out of the market over that 50 year, 0.31. Ouch. Okay, how about if you were just in November to April for those 50 years? 7.56. Sounds pretty compelling, right? Um, how about all time? Okay, so May to October, when you're supposed to be out of the market under this strategy, the you know, sell in May and go away. Okay, all time. 2.08% annualized, okay? And November to April, 5.13%. Still, you know, quite better. So is that compelling enough to do it? Um, I don't know. Got a little bit of time left. So you're listening to Mark Donnelly. This is Financial Food for Thought. Well, I wonder how the Rona did, or what the Rona did to the sell in May and go away strategy. So let's take a look at that. Okay, so let's go back to October of 19, right? through April of 2020. So how did the market do in that time frame? All right, which would include obviously the Rona recession, the March drop, 2020 drop, right? So on 43020, and I'm using, you know, the S&P 500. Um the market closed on April 30 of 2020 of 2912.43. On October 31st of 19, the market was at 3,037.56. So, so you know, again, that's that's the time when you'd want to be in under this strategy, right? The May to October. Well, you would have been down 125 points. Now, again, I'm not using points. You know, I, 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 I ran it on this last week's show. I wish everyone would just in Wall Street and, and financial advisors and investment advisors and publications and top of the news stories. I wish you would quit quoting the point increase and decrease. It doesn't mean anything. But percentage wise, you're down 4.3% in that time period. Okay. Now, the time period that you would have been out, okay, would have been, let's say, from um, 4.30.20 to October 31st of 2020. Okay, so six months in, six months out, right? So how did the S&P do in that time frame? Okay, well, as we just said, um, you know, the... uh, the 43020 um date or uh, price was 209112 43 and by October 31st of 2020 it had risen to 3269.96 that was the beach ball boom recovery right the k-shaped recovery it was a quick comeback that you would have been up 10.93% so the rona ruined <laughs> the strategy of the sell in May and go away. All right. Um, now, what if you just stayed in the market the whole time during the, you know, from October 2020, or excuse me, from October 2019 through October 2020? Okay. You would have had a 7.11% increase in the S&P. Um, so a lot of times... You know, it just goes to show that no one has got the magic bullet strategy. All right. Um, We don't believe you can time the market. We don't believe in the sell in May and go away is what you should always do. 
We don't always believe there'll be a Santa Claus rally. All right. Um, We're more what we try to talk about is, you know, are you taking on too much risk to be okay? And that's where having a good financial model helps you identify that. In other words, it's it's not what, you know, it's more of the concept of say, what rate of return am I going to need over my retirement years to be okay? All right. Does it, you know, and let's start there. And that's, and that's pretty hard to calculate that in your head, right? It's, it's hard for us to, you know, do 30 years of cash flows and budgets and inflation numbers and, you know, everything else. And, you know, that's why we have the robots. But it's, it's the idea of saying, okay, it's not, you know, trying to time it and be in and out and following a, a one straight. I mean, I, I still remember the day a client, it was a long, long decades ago, a client walked in and what was he using for his investment strategy? We had a, a little paperback book and it was based on the correlation between the stock market and the tides. I'm talking about like the moon, the water tides, the sea tides. And it was very compelling. I mean, he had the graphs in the book. It was like laying one over the other. It was, it was like matching it. And that was a little, now that was a little bit out on the limb there. You know, it's not like the, you know, random, you know, walk down Wall Street, which is a famous book. But anyways, so yeah. So the idea is, all right, you, you know, building a financial model, and that's what we help clients with, is saying, okay, I'm not going to say up front, you know, I, I just want to kind of know based on my spending needs, based on inflation, based on what my retirement income, whether that be Social Security or pensions, I, I want to know how much, what was my nest egg, my investments, what would it have to earn for me to be okay, meaning that I'm not running out of money before life. And you and go with longevity. You know, if you're one of the unlucky ones that live past age 90, you know, build your plan out to 95, do I hear 100? Okay, just to see what it looks like. Right? And, you know, and the idea is saying, okay, if I do that, you know, do I need a 8% rate of return on investments to make that happen? Hmm. That's a case you may have lost sleepless nights in retirement. Do I only need a 3% rate of return to make it happen? Hmm. Maybe you can afford to retire a year earlier. Or maybe if you're already retired, you can afford to increase your discretionary spending. That's what we're trying to get to. That now, or at least now, you have something to go back to your investment advisor and say, okay, Mr. or Mrs. Investment Advisor, I am looking for this type of rate of return after fees, of course, that to be okay. So based on that, what do you think my allocation should be? And see if they say sell in May and go away. I don't think you say that, but is it the 60-40? So I'm, next week, I'm going to go on and expand on this and say, what about that? famous 60-40 portfolio. You know, if you look at the headlines, there's a lot of people saying that is dead. Is that the case? We'll see. So in either case, um, last thing, enjoy the weekend. Hopefully it dries up. And Kentucky Derby back. Tune in next week for more financial food for thought. For more information about the show, for estate planning or upcoming seminars, call the estate planning team at 440-239-2090. Thanks for listening.